Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. Lord willing, our intention is to go verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the entire Bible. Here to continue that journey is our Bible teacher at Into the Word, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. If you have your Bible with you, I'd love for you to open it now to Proverbs chapter 28. As mentioned, in chapter 25, we entered into Collection 5, which runs from chapter 25, verse 1, through to chapter 29, verse 27. So, we're nearing the end of this section. Raymond Van Leeuwen characterizes this final part of Collection 5 as a penetrating gaze at the interaction of government, money, justice, and poverty, closed quote. I think that suits it very well. Hear now the word of the Lord, beginning at verse 1. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Walke refers to this as a framing proverb, meaning that it sets out the theme for the content that follows. This section is making the argument that adherence to the Torah is the key to a stable reign for a leader. The closer the leader walks with God and the more attentive he is to Scripture, the more secure and prosperous his domain will be. A wicked person who ignores or even reviles the word of God will flee even when no one is pursuing him. But the righteous person, who can be sure of God's presence and blessing, will be bold as a lion. That's the overarching theme. Verse 2. When a land transgresses, it has many rulers. But with a man of understanding and knowledge, its stability will long continue. We certainly see this principle played out in the narrative of the northern kingdom after the split in the time of Rehoboam. House after house and dynasty after dynasty came and went in the northern kingdom, which is characterized by apostasy and idolatry, whereas the southern kingdom was relatively stable. There's only one house and only one dynasty in the south who were following Yahweh, albeit imperfectly. But even in their imperfect obedience, The reliability of this general principle is in evidence. And of course, as Christians, we understand that when the perfect man of understanding and knowledge returns to rule and reign over all things to the glory of the Father, his kingdom will be forever. Thanks be to God. Verse 3, a poor man who oppresses the poor is a beating rain that leaves no food. Now, the NIV has verse 3 as a ruler who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain that leaves no crops. The Hebrew, as we have it, does say a poor man, but the word is very close to the word for ruler. So, given the theme of the section, many scholars think there may have been a scribal error here. The proverb reads true however you want to render it. It is true that a leader who oppresses the poor brings destruction and devastation on the land. And when poor people are oppressing each other, it adds the sense of betrayal and social chaos, a sort of every man for himself vibe. Either way, this is the sort of thing that happens when the word of God no longer governs civic life. Verse 4, those who forsake the law praise the wicked. But those who keep the law strive against them. When the word of God is abandoned as a standard for morality and justice, evil is celebrated and righteousness is despised. But when the word of God is properly esteemed, wickedness is restrained by the righteous leader. Verse 5. 
Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. Alan P. Ross says here, Only people attuned to the divine will can fully perceive what justice is. Without that standard, legal activity easily becomes self-serving. Close quote. We're certainly seeing that principle illustrated in our culture. There is much talk of justice, but little understanding of what justice is. Now, some in the evangelical world, rightly put off by this, have gone too far and have rejected the idea that justice is something that Christians should be interested in pursuing. But that is to fall off the other side of the horse, as Grandma used to say. The goal is to pursue justice as God defines it. Sign me up for that. Verse 6. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. This is a classic better than proverb with a fairly straightforward point. It's saying that a righteous person, even if he is poor, has a better influence on others and a better future for himself than a rich man who departs from the path of righteousness. Again, we see the nuanced view of the sages on wealth. Money isn't bad, but there are a multitude of things that are better. Verse 7. The one who keeps the law is a son with understanding, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. At face value, this proverb is reminding young people that who you are reflects upon your family, and who you hang out with has an influence on your character. Understanding that is important for all people, but when we zoom out and consider the wider context and the overarching theme of the section, we observe that this principle is of particular importance for those in leadership. A leader must consider the legacy of his house and must be discerning and restrained in his or her choice of companions. This principle, again, is illustrated in the life of Rehoboam, who brought his father's house into disrepute, largely due to his poor choice in friends. He surrounded himself with young, undisciplined fools, and as a result, he lost half his kingdom. Let the reader understand. Verse 8. Whoever multiplies his wealth by interest and profit gathers it for him who is generous to the poor. Charging interest to fellow Israelites was illegal under the Old Testament law. They were to think of each other as family. When you loan money to your adult children, you don't charge them interest, or at least I hope you don't. The Jewish people could lend money to foreigners at interest, that was just business, but the law required them to think of every member of the covenant community as mother, father, brother, and sister, so no interest. If a poor Israelite had a need and came to you for help, you were to give what help you were able to give without attempting to profit on the exchange. That's the background for this proverb here in verse 8. Tremper Longman III comments here saying, In the present verse, the implicit assumption may be that these people are gouging the poor by charging them interest, but that whatever material is gained by this strategy will be returned to the poor. Quote. Again, God is an active and involved observer. He sees what you're doing, and if you accumulate wealth in a dishonest or abusive manner, he will cut a hole in the bottom of your bag. You won't keep your dishonest gain. He will take it from you or from your children and distribute it back to those you took it from. So, better to play by the rules from the beginning. Verse 9. If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. 
That's important for us to know. God will not listen to those who don't listen to him. Now, of course, that's not to say that God doesn't hear such prayers. Of course he does. It's simply to say that he does not feel obligated to respond to such prayers. In fact, the use of the word abomination here implies a very negative reaction. It disgusts God when people ignore his word, but then turn around and expect him to respond to their words. That reflects an arrogance and a presumption that God finds repugnant. Verse 10, whoever misleads the upright into an evil way will fall into his own pit, but the blameless will have a goodly inheritance. Here again, the emphasis is on stability. Those who attempt to mislead and entrap others will themselves be entrapped. There is no stability in plotting evil, but the future is bright for those whose walk is blameless. Verse 11, A rich man is wise in his own eyes, but a poor man who has understanding will find him out. Wealth deceives us into thinking we must be doing well. We must be smart. We must be wise. Now, of course, some wealth is accumulated by being smart and wise and insightful. But as we all know, some wealth is accumulated by luck, some by inheritance, some by privilege, being born into an opportunity or advantage that you didn't personally earn. There are all kinds of ways to fall into money, and many, if not most, of those situations reveal absolutely nothing about a person's worth or intelligence. So don't be deceived. The people around you know probably better than you do who you are and where you are headed. It might be useful to look at yourself through their eyes for a while. Verse 12. When the righteous triumph, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, people hide themselves. Yes, when good people rise to positions of leadership, the entire society benefits. When wicked people take charge, smart people hide themselves. Leadership matters, whether you want to admit it or not. Verse 13. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Amen. Humility and transparency represent the path to healing and restoration, whether we're talking about the horizontal or vertical dimensions of life. Admitting your error and taking responsibility for your own sins and transgressions is typically the fastest way to repair a human relationship, and it is also the way to have peace with God. 1 John 1, 9-10 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Quote. Yes, just tell the truth. Admit your sin. Be humble before God, and he will give you mercy. There is no wisdom and no health in concealing transgressions. Verse 14. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. This is simply another way of saying what was set out in Proverbs 1.7 as the theme or motto of the entire book. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. A good life, presently and eternally, flows out from a right relationship with God. If you turn away from God, you are turning toward disaster and calamity. Don't do that. Verses 15 and 16 can be looked at together. Like a roaring lion or a charging bear is a wicked ruler over a poor people. 
A ruler who lacks understanding is a cruel oppressor, but he who hates unjust gain will prolong his days. Wicked rulers are a burden on the people, whereas the person who serves for the benefit of the group will enjoy a stable rule. Verse 17, if one is burdened with the blood of another, he will be a fugitive until death. Let no one help him. This verse has some translation difficulties, but the basic idea seems clear. The sage is saying that blood guilt paints a massive target on a person, and they'll be running from curse and consequence the rest of their lives. Therefore, there is no wisdom in trying to help such a person. You will only invite tragedy upon yourself. In contemporary terms, we might say, aiding and abetting a person guilty of murder is a fool's errand. The law will catch up with him, and if you give him shelter then the law will come after you as well. Don't do it. Verse 18, whoever walks in integrity will be delivered, but he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall. This could serve as a theme verse for the entire section. There is stability and righteousness, but departing from God's ways leads to ruin. Verse 19, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. We saw this before back in Proverbs 12:11. Hard work generally leads to sufficiency and prosperity, but chasing rainbows usually leads to hunger. Verse 20. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Faithfulness here means walking steadfastly in the ways of God. It means staying the course. It means playing the long game. Do that and you'll be fine. Take shortcuts and make compromises, and everything you accumulate will eventually be taken from you. Verse 21, to show partiality is not good, but for a piece of bread, a man will do wrong. Listen, not everything that can be done should be done. The sage here is saying most officials can be bribed for a pittance, but the whole community suffers when you do that. So don't. You you hurt other people and you store up wrath for yourself on the day of judgment. Verse 22. A stingy man hastens after wealth and does not know that poverty will come upon him. Chasing the wrong things in life leads to unhappiness. Chasing wealth is a fool's errand. Just do something you love. Do something that benefits society. If you make a great deal of money, wonderful, but don't make that your goal. Honor God and serve the community. That is the way to happiness. Verse 23. Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. People appreciate truth and frankness. Not always at first, but in the long run, most good people want to surround themselves with honest and straightforward people. Flattery is like candy. It produces an initial rush, but eventually leads to a depressing crash. So have a long-term strategy when it comes to developing relationships. Verse 24, whoever robs his father or his mother and says, that is no transgression, is a companion to a man who destroys. Bruce Walkie says here, this saying draws to a conclusion the catalog of fantasies in regard to quick riches with the most reprehensible of all evils, the unnatural and dastardly robbing of parents, closed quote. There is something particularly awful about stealing from your parents. 
the fifth commandment, tells us to honor our parents, which means obeying them when we're young and caring for them when they're old. So deceiving and defrauding them is unusually despicable. If you are so eager to be rich that you would steal from the people who raised you, then there is something very, very wrong with you. You have become an agent of evil and destruction. Verse 25. A greedy man stirs up strife, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched. Yes, as we've talked about before, excessive desire for wealth is corrosive to all relationships, whereas the person who trusts in the Lord will be blessed and can therefore be a blessing. Verse 26. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Yes, if there is one verse from the Old Testament that we might want played over loudspeakers in every city and town in North America for 10 years straight, it might be this one. We have been told for generations now to be ourselves and to trust in our feelings, which has led to individualism, narcissism, and depression on an unprecedented scale. Newsflash, your desires are not reliable. Your instincts are not authoritative. Your opinions are not infallible. Your mind is like a tiny little monkey riding on a giant elephant. To borrow an illustration from Jonathan Haidt, you believe that you are thinking your way through complex issues when in reality you're just being led down the garden path by your lusts and ambitions. You need something more powerful by way of guidance. You need the word and wisdom of Almighty God. Let that guide you and your path will lead to life, happiness, and peace. Verse 27. Whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. Caring for the poor is an act of faith. You have to believe that God will repay you. You have to believe that he wants you to do it and that he sees you doing it and that he will bless your future labors so that you will be able to continue to support yourself and your family. A person who closes his or her eyes to the poor has stopped believing that. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that you have to give to every person you meet on the street who holds out their hand. We want to give in ways that are wise and helpful, and we certainly don't want to enable vice, drunkenness, and gluttony. But we do need to maintain an open and trusting heart. We are blessed to be a blessing. That's how the universe was set up, and that's part of what it means to be image and likeness of God. Verse 28. When the wicked rise, people hide themselves, but when they perish the righteous increase. That is similar, of course, to what we saw in verse 12, though here it appears in reverse order. When the wicked rise to positions of leadership, people hide themselves. But when they pass from the scene and are replaced by righteous leaders, good people come out into the sun and shine. The ultimate fulfillment of this, of course, will be experienced at the return of Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 13, 40 to 43, just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Closed quote, and thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to another episode of Into the Word.
If you've appreciated the end of the word ministry, I'd like to personally invite you to pay it forward by supporting a mission project that is very close to my heart. The Letha Daycare Outreach Project is a church-based educational program designed to teach literacy, support low-income families, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with boys and girls in rural South Africa. I've seen this project with my own eyes. I have shaken the hands of parents whose families have been helped. I have heard the songs and Bible verses out of the mouths of some of these dear children as they have been taught and helped to put their trust in the Lord. And nothing would be more gratifying to me than for you to show your appreciation for Into the Word by investing in these little ones. You can do that in one of two ways. You can give through the Into the Word app or by visiting the Into the Word website at intotheword.ca. Just click on the Give tab and you'll find giving options for both Canadian and American listeners. This is a registered project with ABWE Canada and ABWE USA. So tax receipts are available to all eligible donors. Just identify where you're listening from and click on the fund button and select Letha Daycare Outreach. Thank you for considering this method of showing your support for the End of the Word program. And may God alone be glorified. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. 